You are Locked On Suns, your daily Phoenix Suns podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are back. This is Locked On Phoenix Suns. I'm your host, Brendan Clean. I cover the Suns and the NBA at SB Nation as well as Dime Magazine. Follow me on Twitter at BrendanClean14. Follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnPHXSuns. I am making my way to you after watching the WNBA Commissioner's Cup over at the Footprint Center. I was not plugged in into my TV onto my couch watching the Summer League game. But that's what we're here to talk about anyway. I caught most of it in the arena. I caught up on the rest of it just before hitting record here. 90-84 to Suns victory. Here's the game plan for today, folks. Going to talk about Jalen Smith. That is our daily check-in at this point is what is Sticks up to. So his best game of Summer League, in my opinion, 21-11. and uh, We'll talk about how that production came to be. And then I'm going to be a little bit negative, I guess you could say here, Um, just in terms of how the Suns built their summer league roster. I was curious to see how it would shape up. I didn't want to go in on it because look, the guys who are in their scouting department who found some of these young, uh, relatively young veteran overseas or former college players know way more about this stuff than I do. No talent, look at talent, find basketball players. That's what they do for a living. I wasn't going to you know, dissect or pull, pick it apart all that much until I saw more. Well, now we've seen three games and it goes along with some of the Jalen Smith stuff because I just think this roster doesn't quite have enough um, playmaking on it. It doesn't have quite enough, um, just look, like solid structure to it in terms of players that are executing the system that are making some of the young guys better. So we'll get into that in just a sec. And look, I'm not going to pretend to have all the answers, but I do think it is causing some issues. So we'll talk about that and then close the show out with Cameron Payne, a pretty awesome interview uh, for Suns fans this morning from Cam talking about how he was effectively never looking to leave uh, Phoenix, and that is a lot to do with why he signed such a team-friendly deal. So we'll get into all of that in a moment. Um, The first thing I wanted to tell you guys, though, is to subscribe on YouTube. If you're not doing so already, we're back here, and Kelly Oubre's bobbling little head with the AirPods, the Wave leather jacket, and the Converse on the bottom. That could be yours if you just subscribe down below to the show uh, it would do us a big favor. We got to 100. I'm sending out the orange towel. It's right over there after uh, this show on this weekend. was. It's on my to-do list, but the Kelly Oubre bobblehead, that's when we get to 1,000 subscribers. We're almost at 200 already, so we're getting there very, very quickly. Get in on this. Be part of the, as Kelly would say, wave, and join us um, on YouTube here. Help a lot to grow the show. Help a lot to get more folks Suns fans just like yourself listening, so it would mean a lot. Even if you don't necessarily plan on always watching the show on YouTube, it would mean a lot if you could just go to your account, type in Locked on Suns, hit subscribe, and spread the good word. But let's get in Jalen Smith here. Again, 90-84 to Suns, Summer League victory in Las Vegas. I am no longer in Vegas, so I did not get to see this one with my own eyes, but 
Um, again, I do think it was Jalen Smith's best game. 21 points, 11 rebounds, three on the offensive glass, made four of his seven threes, got to the free throw line five times, played 36 minutes nearly this entire game. Both Jalen Smiths led the way in terms of minutes. Um, but here's, here's where I'm at with it. So I think, A, one of the main reasons that he looked better and more comfortable is that he made his threes. And he's been bombing from deep all preseason. I think I will be the first to say that the three-point shot, not just from the corners, but from you know the wings, and we'll see if it extends to the top of the arc. I don't see why it couldn't. All of that looks more fluid, more consistent, and more accurate than I thought it would coming out of Maryland. I mean, he was obviously billed as somebody who you would hope would space the floor, but a big guy doing that is is not always a sure thing. And so that's why he looked better tonight, and it's been better throughout the course of his career and and the summer league than I expected. So that's number one. When that happens, it's it's just gonna be, um, it's just gonna look better as a package because after that he's able to. He had a nice um, and one finish off of attacking a closeout from the right wing. He had some offensive rebounds that he was able to. I, I think it just helped him feel comfortable and get into rhythm. Um, and some of the other parts of his game were able to get going as a result. Defensively, I think he's still struggling. I think that he is still um, learning. And especially if you're thinking about the regular season, there are some unique takeaways to come from that. But just to round out the, the positive stuff from him, I think this is a situation where he's taking full advantage of what it is that the Suns are asking him to do and enabling him to do in summer league, which is take all the shots you want, try some stuff with the ball in your hands, be everywhere, both on offense and defense. He's out on the perimeter consistently. And all that stuff is really what summer league is all about, right? It's about learning. It's about uh, expanding your game, trying stuff, being okay to make mistakes. We saw that mic'd up segment from Brian Randall back in that first game about not getting on yourself or your teammates for missing shots. It seems like the environment is all good. I, I, I do laud Sticks for going out there and doing that because it shows he's not afraid, he's not nervous, he's not tentative. But in terms of returning to that regular season sort of takeaways, and I saw some people talking about this, I don't think it's a unique observation on my part, and it's something that I said all the way dating back to draft night when they took him, which is that the idea of him becoming a a player who you can have as your four, as a, a sort of more perimeter-based big man, which is what fours are in the NBA right now, is A, hard to imagine, and B, it's going to take a while if it happens. And so the things he's currently seeming to be best at are things that a center does, A, in terms of rebounding, in terms of stationary rim protection, although he did have a foul with with being unable to get vertical on a, on a rim protection opportunity. So it's not even perfect there, but a lot of the stuff is, he's at his best when he's able to do that. And then of course the spot up shooting, which fives in the NBA do that now. So, you know, maybe in some version of, of that type of a guy, he can be like a poor man's Miles Turner or, or something like that. But that player is firmly a center because Miles Turner, what can he not do? I'm just using this as an example. I mean, if Jalen Smith turned into Miles Turner, you, you get pretty excited. I'm just saying in terms of what he was, 
what he is compared to what we think he can be or thought he could be heading into the NBA as more of a four is not really shaping up that way because look, the same things that limit Turner are, are things that Smith has, which is why I like that comparison. Can't really make plays with the ball in his hands. Can't really create for others. One assist tonight, never really been a part of Jalen Smith's game. Um, not a player that you really feel great posting up in terms of scoring or creating for teammates from the post. And not a player who can really defend out on the perimeter. So all those things mean the majority of, at least the way I see it, minutes that Smith plays should be coming at the five. And of course, the problem there is that he doesn't really have a path to playing minutes at the five. And the Suns don't really need a player who is good at center. And the other part of it is, even if they do find time for Smith, if they want to play three centers in some some nights, if they're able to potentially play him at the four sometimes and, and at the five sometimes, if there's ever injuries, all these things, of course there will be some time during the regular season where he can get out there and play some center. Well, he's really not super physically where you'd want him to be to play center, and you would be worried about throwing him out in a bad situation. So I guess what I'm saying is the, the game looked great from him. He's checking a lot of the boxes as far as accomplishing the, the basics of what you would hope to see from him. He's not checking the boxes of, wow, we've really got a breakout player on our hands and somebody who can fill the role that Dario Saric is leaving on this team or that Frank Kaminsky is leaving on this team. It doesn't seem like that's the player the Suns have right now. So it doesn't necessarily seem like he has a path to playing the type of role, the type of minutes that they're going to need that still presents a hole on this roster, which is a 4-5 combo, especially a forward, somebody who can get out there and do some of what Torrey Craig did, what Dario Saric did, these guys that the Suns are missing. None of that seems to be what Jalen Smith is doing. However, I do think it has a lot to do with the guys around him. And I think if you're looking for any reason for optimism, it probably starts and ends with, well, what could he potentially do when Chris Paul is out there, when the floor is spaced, when DeAndre Ayton is at the basket rather than Kyle Alexander and Jalen Smith and and Tyshawn Alexander being his supporting cast. So we'll get into that in just a second, talk about the summer league roster that the Suns have put together. First, though, a quick word from our newest sponsor, Sweatblock. I know I was thinking about this the other day. Something came up at my new job where I was thinking back to my undergraduate program in college where I studied, um, well, I had to do a big project on sports stadium financing, and I sweat all over myself in the presentation is the end of the story. Um, I got in there, and I was nervous as can be. I had to pass it. Otherwise, I was going to have to redo the presentation, redo, potentially graduate late, all these different things that could have happened. And I don't really, I'm not a sweater usually, but it happened to me for sure because I didn't do what you should do and try Sweatblock. It existed back then, and it's even better now, and I wish that I would have used it, because Sweatblock is not a deodorant. It is not a typical antiperspirant. It is a small wipe, not unlike a wet nap that you apply under your arm or wherever the sweat is becoming an issue. It plugs up everything uh, in a healthy and, and normal way, stops the sweat from coming out so you don't even have to worry about the odor. You don't have to worry about the wetness because it doesn't even allow the sweat to come out in the first place. Works for up to seven days per use. They have a dry shirt guarantee, meaning if sweat block doesn't keep you dry, you get your money back. 
They have been featured and tested on the Rachel Ray Show by some, all sorts of professions, but even a firefighter used this stuff and did not sweat. So you wear what you want to wear with this stuff. You have a little secret to confidence tucked in your pocket, in your bag, and everybody Everybody, everybody can use this. You, we all run into situations like this, whether it's every day or in special moments of our lives where we just want to make sure we do not sweat at the right at the wrong time. So if you or someone you love is dealing with issues like this or does from time to time, you have to check out Sweatblock. Get it today for 20% off at sweatblock.com with the promo code locked on or at Amazon or CVS. Today's show also. Brought to you by BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. The MLB rounding into completion. The NFL starting up. The WNBA, as I said to start the show, is coming back for the post-Olympic finish to its season. All sorts of stuff going on in the NBA not too far away. So before the next game starts, head over to BetOnline on your laptop or mobile device. Check out all the latest news, bonuses, and contest info straight from BetOnline and when you do, again, that is on betonline.ag on the web or on their mobile app. When you get there, make an account, use the promo code Locked On when you make your first deposit to get a 50% welcome bonus. Again, that's promo code Locked On when you make your first deposit to get a 50% welcome bonus straight to your account. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Okay, a little more on the Sun Summer League roster. By the way, guys, I hope... Video quality is going to be less of an issue. I'm looking at my signal. It looks like we're in a better spot than we were. I hope we can continue with that. Um, upgraded the internet. It's supposedly reset. So bear with me, those of you watching. I know it's been grainy and everything throughout the week. The hotel I thought would be better than my own house, but I guess they did not pony up. So anyway, I, I'm, I'm looking. I'm hoping it's, it's looking better. Appreciate you bearing with me there. The Sun Summer League roster, I think it transitions nicely from the Jalen Smith point because a lot of what we were, what I was observing, what we we're all seeing in these Summer League games is Smith um, not always being put into position, and I literally mean position physically on the floor to succeed in, in, in a couple of different ways. One, he is basically operating out of pick-and-pop situations exclusively. Sometimes, you know, he'll get the ball at the elbow, sometimes he'll handle the ball bringing it up the floor, different things like that. But I, primarily what is happening is that he's going to be operating in a pick and pop or stationed in the corner in a spot-up role, and he's either going to take the three or he's going to attack the closeout and try to make something happen. That's going to be a lot of what he does in the NBA, at least especially early on. But you would also you would also think, well, you know, if he was maybe more comfortable with the point guard playing with him, could he roll to the basket a little bit more consistently? Something he did all the time in college, probably. Could he, if he had better shooting around him, have a little bit more space to attack a closeout or to drive to the basket? I mean, yeah, I think so. Defensively, if there was better perimeter defense and IQ on the floor with him, could some of those responsibilities as a help defender on the back line look a little bit better? I think yes, right? So, of course, if we see him in the preseason, if he does get minutes early in the regular season, these things are going to look better. But I think the fact of why it is even taking to that point is a little bit of a blame that you have to put on the Suns, right? I, again, wanted to give them the benefit of the doubt. I wanted to just be patient. I don't really, I'm not going to claim to know who, you know, Michael Frazier, where his game is at after he left college, where Kyle Alexander has progressed. And actually, I think he's looked pretty good. Um, 
So I just wanted to wait. But I think at this point we can see the Suns had Jalen Smith, the other Jalen Smith, had seven assists to just three turnovers, which is his best playmaking game of the summer league. But total as a team, the Suns made 26 shots, took 72, only had 17 assists. Um, They did generate some threes, although some of those are obviously pull-up threes from a lot of these players who default to that shot often. So the, the reality is that this playmaking and team ball isn't what anywhere near the Suns are known for, right? It's a combination of these guys don't have chemistry together. A lot of them are gunning to get a roster spot potentially to look good in front of the folks who are in Vegas watching them. But a lot of it's just, they don't know the system. They don't play in it together. They don't play in it at all for the most part, except for the two second year guys. So Smith's not being put into situations where he can succeed. And I think that should have been the primary goal of Summer League. I mean, Tyshawn Alexander, I I talked about him yesterday. Tonight was not his best game. The jumper was not falling. His scoring was not there. Um, But Smith, it was obvious to anybody that getting him reps, getting him some opportunities was going to be goal number one every single moment of the game that he was playing. And to do that, you probably would have liked to have way more playmaking out there to set him up, to make him feel comfortable. Now, the defensive thing, I mean, nobody plays defense in summer league. They're not going to create that chemistry and communication overnight. It's it's not worth investing resources and time into for that. But I think at least on offense, you would have liked to have somebody who could have get, gotten this stuff set up a little bit better, whether that was players who played in the summer league team in 2019, who might have a little bit of familiarity, whether that was, I've heard all sorts of names, whether it's folks on Twitter like you listeners bringing up names of G League and Summer League options, or just being in the arena the other day and hearing about it. Josh Majet is, is one that kept coming up and on and on and on. So there's plenty of these. Uh, Grant Riller is a player who I was watching and thinking, wow, he's just sort of normal point guard. I don't know if he's going to be an NBA player, but he's getting the job done in Summer League. There's tons of them. They're very replaceable. Um, So I do think it was a little bit disappointing that the Suns could not nab one of those guys. And it's no insult to Jalen Smith, the other Jalen Smith, the guard Jalen Smith. He just is more of of a modern, I guess you could say, point guard, primary scoring guard. More so than a traditional point guard. He's not going to do the, you know, get an entry pass in there and, and run to the corner type of stuff. He's looking to get his and to, to make things happen. So they just don't have that traditional playmaker. I think that's really affecting, um, really affecting Smith. The other part that, I, the other point that I'll make here about this roster is I think that the intention was getting some younger veterans. So guys who have been pros overseas who are a little bit removed from college and could prove themselves in summer league and potentially if you hit on them and understanding no one here, no one in the front office, I bet, I bet no, no reasonable person would have looked and said, well, they're bet they're, they're a sure bet to get a rotation player out of this. But if they could have had one of these anonymous types of players, guys, we did not know about come in here, look pretty good, either earn a two way deal or earn a roster spot on the roster that would have been a really massive win. And, and I get the intention because you're not going to, you're either, Summer League most of the time is either the oldest of old, you know, guys who are basically done and holding out for whatever reason. Um, Portland's team, Kenneth Freed, Michael Beasley, Emmanuel Moutier, these guys who are very much clearly not going to be difference makers in the NBA. And 
there's not much more we need to see from them or it's the raw, raw, raw types, right? So, you know, Xylan Cheatham, who is not young, but is uh, is is ty- that type of player early in his career trying to get there. That was just a guy from Denver's roster. So those are the two options. This is a middle ground that the Suns picked. I think ideally they were hoping they could maybe get somebody. No one has really popped. I guess you could make the case that Jalen Smith has, the guard Jalen Smith. But even then, you know, inefficient score first player. That's not really a Suns type of guy. I don't know if that's getting the job done. And so you were, you you missed, you whiffed on that a little bit. You, you haven't seen the type of breakout. Kyle Alexander, I will give a shout out to as well. He has looked good. He is one of the guys many of us probably had heard of. So maybe one of those guys you signed to a two-way deal. Let's, let's just say that. But effectively, you are, you know, not really seeing that type of pop. You're not seeing somebody you're really over the moon about. And you're not getting a, a roster around Jalen Smith to empower him, to get him in a, in, in a position to succeed. So in my opinion, you're sort of 0 for 2 in terms of what you were trying to accomplish with Summer League so far, assuming that things continue to play out this way. Now, if Smith keeps making shots, gets more comfortable, has some big games... Then we'll change our evaluation there. If one of these players, maybe Smith or Alexander, maybe somebody else continues to look really good in in Vegas, I'll, I'll adjust accordingly as well. But as of right now, I mean, they were very close to being 0 for 3 in terms of their record and missing out on both of the developmental oppor- opportunities that they had here. So again, it's, it's just something like I don't want to be negative just for the sake of being negative, but I think that there is a, a version of this where they're able to get a point guard, where they do try to get some rookies here on this team, and they're able to make Smith look a little better, get him a little bit more comfortable, and get a better shot, frankly, just a, a more a higher likelihood of getting a player who you actually want on your NBA roster. So we'll see how the week finishes up. We'll see what happens. We won't be back on recording until Monday, so we'll we'll obviously have to update then when Brandon is back, but... I just was a little disappointed to see how this thing came together here and uh, not seeing a lot from Jalen Smith either. So let's move on from Summer League after today's 90-84 win. Close the show talking about Cameron Payne and not just Payne because we've we've talked about that quite a bit already, but also just the uh, what it means, what it says about the Suns and this organization and this culture that they're getting a guy like Payne on such a cheap deal because of how dedicated he was to coming back here. And if that type of thing is something to be expected. So we'll get to that in just a second. First, though, a quick word from Built Bar, my favorite protein bar and the world's best tasting protein bar. Better way to think about it, to be completely honest with you, is the healthiest candy bar ever. Best tasting protein bar is one way to describe it. But even that, it's like, oh, I have to eat a protein bar. No, 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 no. It's not like that at all. It is delicious. It is soft and easy to chew. It is covered in 100% chocolate. There is a flavor for everybody. Built Bar celebrates the freedom of choice. So you get to select the flavor that tastes best to you. And they're all going to have the same key qualities. 17, 18 grams of protein, 4 to 5 grams of sugar, and 180 calories at the very, very most. So healthy, light, delicious, whether that is a Cherry barcia, which I had this morning before my workout, or potentially one of the newer summer flavors like Cookies and Cream, which straight up tastes like if you've had the Cookies and Cream Snickers, it is very, very similar. You don't even notice the protein. You don't even notice how good for you it is. You put that thing in there, and it feels like you're getting a snack. It feels like you're getting a treat, really. So 
Go to Built.com, use the promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your next order. Not first order, next order. If you've bought a Built Bar before, you don't have to worry. You can get it back. Use the promo code LOCKED15 at checkout for 15% off at Built.com. All right, let's close the show out. Cameron Payne went on Duggan, um, Duggan Wolf, yes, correct, this morning and um, gave an interview where he basically said, I don't have the exact quote. It wasn't anything super um, uh, thorough or anything. It was just communicating the idea that, look, I was so thoroughly surprised and appreciative of the opportunity that this organization and that Monty Williams in particular because we know he was the driving force with campaign coming here, gave me to come join them prior to leaving for the bubble, get an opportunity to play minutes, and then get an opportunity to be the backup point guard in this miracle season that, of course, I was going to come back. That's paraphrasing, obviously. But basically, that that was the gist of it. Of, And it was similar to what Payne tweeted just after the deal either went official or when it was reported saying, you know, did you guys really think I was going to leave? And then, you know, Valley Boys and, and fellas and whatever hashtags he used. I sounded very old there, but you get the point. You all saw the tweet, I'm sure. So all of that is to say, Payne very much had his sights set on returning. Sights set on returning. He wanted to and knew he would be best situation to come back here and to continue to back up Chris Paul, play a big role on a great team, get better in this system and as an individual player and be comfortable, be happy. And if you remember um, 12 News, I think her name is Lena Washington. Um, She started during the finals, if I remember right, but she had a great segment talking to um, Mikhail Bridges' mom and Cameron Payne's mom out in the streets of Phoenix. I think it was after one of the road game rallies when the Suns were in the conference finals and how much they responded to this organization, this city, this fan base, this culture. And it made that's what I was thinking about when I saw Payne's comments today because it just spoke to how happy she was for her son to be able to be here. And, and all of that reiterates the fact that he wanted to be here, right? And so it got me thinking... Um, And I I always get into these situations when I start talking about how things were. I get awkward about it when I ask people in that organization because there's an obvious desire to move on. And I'm sure you guys feel that. I'm sure it's not always great to like look back and be like, man, things were so bad every single time something good happens and, and always use that as a point of comparison. But I think in this case, it is worth doing that because there was such a long time. I mean, everybody left. Everybody left, right? Like Chris Paul, I was talking um, about him in this capacity with a friend when he chose to come back. And it feels similar hearing Payne say this stuff. It was Joe Johnson left for one reason or another. Then Sean Marion left for one reason or another. Amari Stoudemire left. Steve Nash eventually left. I mean, that was a different situation. Eric Bledsoe. Goran Dragic, TJ Warren. There are so many players who were either alienated, unhappy, wanted a better situation, wanted to win, on and on and on. The last time that a situation like this offseason happened was maybe when Nash re-signed. 
maybe when Amari re-signed, that was such a long time ago. So to see Chris Paul come back was one thing. But to see Cameron Payne take a pay cut, feel comfortable, feel empowered, feel feel optimistic enough to feel like I'm in the place I want to be and money is almost secondary. I'm going to be taken care of to a large degree, but I don't need to wring every single dollar and cent out of my free agency because I like this so much. That's just like sit with that for a second and think about how, how far we've come here in the Valley from a NBA perspective, that that's actually something a, a key player is saying and, and, and putting their, you know, I guess their mouth where their money is in this case, the opposite, right? Um, and I think it's just worth thinking through that, keeping that in mind when you talk about James Jones and building out this roster, because I, I've expressed some negativity about the roster at times this week and last week as free agency has continued, just some hesitation about, hey, is this thing built to succeed long-term? And I think those questions are still there, but I also think if you are operating from a capacity of, hey, this system makes players better, this coaching staff makes players better, and this culture is a place players want to be, then that can be the type of thing. I'm not saying it is already. I'm not saying that we can know for sure. But I think it's at least you're seeing the beginnings of a culture and an infrastructure here in the Valley with the Suns organization where you're going to end up looking at it one day and being like, wow, they got more than what they bargained for with X, Y, or Z move. I mean, I think in the short term, you're looking at that in a major way when it comes to Landry Shamit, uh, I think that's the number one reason to be optimistic if you're going to be optimistic about that move, which I am. I think he, A, has a lot of room to still grow as a player from what we saw at Wichita State, but I also just think the connection that he seemingly has with Monty Williams, the fact that I think he fits into this system, all of that stuff, we could see a Cameron Payne effect with Landry Shamit. But even beyond that, even as this thing continues to go and these this, this core of the GM, the coach, and the players grows and and develops together over the course of time and these guys get into their primes and beyond in this young group, I think you're going to see that. I do think that pain is not going to be the first one because I think that the Suns have a unique way of building. They're going to try to find more Cameron Paynes. They're going to be able to develop more Cameron Paynes. And the ideal world is that they then get rewarded by more Cameron Paynes because those guys want to be here and understand what that can do for their career. So I thought that was a really interesting interview. I thought that was a really interesting statement. His entire free agency is an example of um, a lot of what's been changing for the positive around here. So hopefully you feel similarly. If you don't, let me know in the comments. We have that now. YouTube is a great place to interact. I've appreciated all of you who are doing that. Don't forget to get in on the Kelly Oubre bobblehead if you want it. 1,000 subscribers. That's where we're headed That is when I will do a selection to see who gets the bobblehead. Until Monday, folks, Brandon will be back. Enjoy your weekend. Enjoy the rest of Summer League. And I will talk to you soon.